Hello, this is Two Worlds, One Me, the podcast in which I, Slavenka Vukovic Brian, talk to interesting people from all over the world who have moved away from the country of their birth to settle and live in another country. Every episode, I ask guests about the worlds that make up their lives, and we have lots of interesting conversations. I feel cold, I feel always cold. And where did you come from? Oh, I came from Siberia. People were just laughing. I hope you enjoy listening. On with the show. My special guest today is Nikolai Bagateryov. Nikolai is a scientist and an expert in the field of biology and bio-inspired design and innovation. Nikolai holds a PhD in biology and he is a very prolific scientist, has published over 90 scientific papers. He's a lecturer in continuing education at the University of Oxford and a part-time lecturer at the University of Bath in the UK. Well, that is his scientific side, but other interests that Nikolai has are literature and creative writing. He has written novels and stories in Russian. Recently, he has started a YouTube channel in Russian where he shares his passion for literature. Welcome to my podcast, Nikolai. Uh, I'm very thankful for the invitation. Thank you very much. Nikolai, you've got such an amazing biography, but I'm going to put all that aside and we will talk about Nikolai the person. Let's talk about your worlds. What are your cultural worlds? Where do you originally come from? I was born in Russia, in the city of Perm, Ural region, just the borderline, geographical borderline between Europe and Asia. I lived there for 23 years, graduated from the Perm University, and uh, then I moved to Novosibirsk. Uh, Novosibirsk is scientific center of Russia. It's mm-hmm. the first uh, Silicon Valley, if you wish. There I worked as a researcher and uh, scientist and also spent 23 years uh, living there. Then we were invited to Britain, to England, just as researchers. I worked uh, at the University of Bath, the mechanical engineering department, around uh, 15 years. We live here in Bath and in England. Again, uh, for 20 years, I hope that uh, it will be just the next 23 years living somewhere else. So when you say we, you mean you and your wife, Olga. Is that yes. right? Yes, that's right. And you are both scientists. We are both scientists, biologists. Initially, I began my scientific career studying social insects, bumblebees, and Olga worked with social insects with ants. Which oh, are, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And actually, ants are probably much smarter than bumblebees and published excellent books in three languages. They are available, just like a small laboratory. All these years, we worked together, like right and left hand, I would say. Mm, that's wonderful to be working together and collaborating yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. So let's go back to Perm, to where you were born, that part of Russia. Can you tell us a bit more about your growing up and your childhood in that part of the world? Well, actually, 
Ural region is very beautiful. It's mountains, but not very high because they are old. They are covered with coniferous trees. And actually, the name of the city, Perm, is translated from local language as hill covered with forest. Actually, I lived and studied there, but my early childhood was in the city, which is well known now because of the recent Olympic Games, Sochi. Oh, right. Okay. On the coast of Black Sea. At that time, when I was uh, a child, it was just a very provincial town full of subtropic vegetation and just a very beautiful place, very impressive architecture. Very interesting that initially it was founded on the springs, not very hot, but sulfur springs. They were used in medical treatment for hundreds of years, uh, traditionally, and uh, Only in the 20th century, these springs were made more civilized. Numerous special bath buildings were erected, so it became a very well-known resort. Now I also appeared by, I don't know, by chance or not, but the city of Bath, which is also such kind of resort, hot springs, ancient Roman baths, so also some kind of resort. One of my short stories just dedicated exactly to this some kind of leap from one location, Sochi, to the city of Bath here in... Mm, that's very interesting. Spa connection from yes, childhood indeed. to adulthood. Yes, yes. That story is called Before Six and After Sixty. I like that. I like that. So at what point in your life did you decide to move to England? It was 2002 when we were just invited to work as researchers at the University of Bath and uh, our contract was extended. So initially it was two years, then extended longer, more. And now we live here uh, already for nearly 20 years. Time flies, doesn't it? Time yeah, flies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, before 2002, I worked approximately 10 years in other uh, European countries, in Belgium, in the Netherlands, in France, working with bumblebees uh, as a researcher, as a lecturer. I collaborated with universities in Belgium and other colleagues in other countries. But those contracts were not more than two, three months and then I returned to Russia. So in 2002 you moved to England and started settling here. What was it like to settle in England? Was it easy? Did you find it difficult? Tell me a little bit about that stage in your life. Well that wasn't my first visit to Britain but settling was not easy and maybe three or five first years I suffered from cold and Mm -hmm. it was very funny when my colleagues or neighbors asked me why do you have so many clothes on you I I answered well I feel cold I feel always cold and where did you come from oh I came from Siberia people were just laughing and (laughs) it was really funny but the point is that Siberian climate is very dry it can be very cold but when it is dry, it's no problem. You do not feel this low temperature. But in this country, it is high humidity. And immediately, even if it is not cold, but you, you sense it and it's just some kind of torment. <laughs> At least it was a sort of unpleasant sensation the first three or five years. But now, obviously, we, we just adapted ourselves. 
No, that's so. Was it was it easy? Other than climate, was it easy to make friends, to settle at work? How was that? Well, we we had many colleagues at the university. They were very friendly, very helpful, always ready to help to to explain. But still, many many subtle things was not easy to comprehend, and even some gestures, some expressions, some very subtle things. What sort of things? What sort of things? Sometimes when you suggest some idea, when local people say, "Oh, that's interesting." Well, I thought that it was really interesting, but actually it meant no, no. I I don't want. I don't need it. So that was just at the beginning, and later on. Later on, everything was settled, and I didn't have any problems. Recently, in this pandemic. We have internet. We have social media. I have really good friends all over the world in social networks. We can uh, communicate and discuss various things on internet, like we are just <laughs> talking. <laughs> yeah. So, Nikolai, what do you think is important to be accepted in the new country? I think that everybody has his or her own perception or, or, or conclusions. But I was trying to to be always respectful and and attentive. I like to observe people how they behave, how they communicate. That helped a lot. I tried to help my neighbors, my friends, my colleagues, and that also was very helpful. And I answered questions when I was asked about my country or my previous work or previous experience. I was open, and th- that was also helpful. So being open-minded—that's important. Open-minded, communicative, and sharing with your neighbors and friends and colleagues. So, how are you perceived being Russian living in the UK? I did not have any problems among my colleagues. They were always friendly and interested in those ideas and techniques which I suggested and offered. I presume that's why our initial contract was extended for many years and we, we taught biomimetic engineering and theory of inventive problem solving at the University of Bath for, for many years. Also in other universities, I I hope that it means that people were interested in our knowledge, in our experience, in our ideas. I so think. positive, very positive experience oh, in that yes. case. Yeah, well, yeah. Yes. Do you go to Russia often? Oh uh, no, we go maybe once in three or five years because we always busy with work. It is not easy to find just a spare time to to come there. Many of my friends and parents they already passed away and I don't have very many friends who are left there. Mm, mm. But those uh, who are left <laughs> I have constant communication via internet. Yes. But when you go back, which city do you go to? Which city are you still connected to in Russia? Well, typically I go to Moscow to my colleagues and friends and Novosibirsk where I worked also Sochi where where I spent my childhood and a couple of times I visited Perm. So how does it feel? How does it feel to you when you go back? You're stepping your plane is landing on the Russian soil and how do you feel? What are your emotions and feelings? Well, actually, recently Russia made great progress, and some old places I just cannot recognize. Literally, new buildings, new roads, new bridges, new parks—very impressive developments. Friends and uh, colleagues I meet—they always very friendly, and it's always very 
nice to meet them. So when you close your eyes and think of Russia, what smells, images come to mind? Hmm. The smell of crispy, crispy snow, which is absent <laughs> here where I live now. And mm -hmm. sometimes I'm missing winter weather, uh, snow drifts, winter weather. When you go and visit your friends in Russia, how are you perceived? Are you still perceived as one of them or as an outsider? Tell me a bit about that. They are very, very nice and friendly. People are always joking and calling me British scientist Nikolai. It's very funny. We have a lot of jokes about my current status. So when you think of your life and these two cultures that are quite dominant in your life, the Russian culture and, and the British culture, how have they each made you the person you are today? They obviously enriched, both of them enriched my world, my personality. I worked also in France, in Belgium, and saw various cultures, not only British, but other European cultures. And I saw numerous positive sides, various facets of these cultures. I see that all of them are really precious. I try to integrate, use, and keep in mind all, all these positive sides of, of all those cultures and try to implement uh, them into my everyday life and uh, vision. They, what exactly are they? Well, I would say from Russia I brought endurance and innovative mind and a very deep analyzing of phenomena. And in Britain I, I was always impressed. You remember in 2007 there was a terrorist attack in London underground. I was there. Exactly at that time, at that place, at, at, at that point. I survived, expected that it will be just panic and all, all sorts of unpredictable actions from the crowd, from the, from the people. But it was amazing how people were quiet, calm and... Posed. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It was just amazing. People just followed the route, the instructions where to go, and no panic, no any slightest sign of panic. Also, I thought that it could be some sort of reaction on some part of population. I was really scared that social unrest could follow this terrorist attack, but there was nothing. And people, again, were very, very disciplined. There was no hostile reactions. Well, as far as I uh, observed in London, and everything was okay. That was very impressive. It's good lesson for all, all of us in such situations, just to be very disciplined and calm and quiet. Mm, yeah. yeah. Oh, very interesting. Very interesting. Thank you. So, uh, how do you define home? Where is home to you? It's uh, not easy to answer this question in in. in the contemporary world where practically this kind of concept nearly disappears. But actually, there are several places on this planet where I feel very relaxed and comfortable and, and nice. Probably my home is some sort of distributed system, like, you know, some birds or fish, they travel from one point to another, covering huge, huge distances. They have somehow two homes, two places where they live. Probably 
this is applicable to me as well. Do bumblebees do that? No, they migrate every next generation, migrate slightly beyond the preliminary territory, and that's why they disseminate all over the world. Mm, that's interesting. Are there any other interesting facts about bumblebees, something for us who are mere mortals and haven't studied bumblebees? Interesting facts about them? Oh, they are very beneficial. They pollinate numerous wild plants, uh, crops. And the point is that if bumblebees disappear, half of our meadows uh, and, and crops will just disappear. It's well proved. But the point is that some people say, well, we don't need bumblebees because we have already honeybees and honeybees also pollinate crops. Well, they, they can pollinate crops, but in many cases, a pollinator and the plant, they act like a lock and a key. So they are compatible. And uh, for example, uh, honeybee cannot pollinate all crops and plants. So it is impossible to open with some alien key, some wrong lock. But the point is that uh, recently all pollinators, including honeybees, they suffer from pollution, pesticides, herbicides, from insecticides, fungicides, fertilizers from heavy traffic and so on, from numerous other impacts from, from humans. But the point is that owners of honeybees take care and look after their hives and they can, for example, lock the entrance and move the hives when there is some pesticides application. But uh, we cannot do the, this with uh, bumblebees. They are wild. They suffer terribly. That's, that's the problem. So do they have the language for communication like the bees have? I know the honeybees can communicate by particular movements, other bees, where the pastures are and things like that. Uh, bumblebees do that? There is no solid answer, uh, but they can bring the droplet of nectar in their nest and they can share this droplet of the particular nectar among other foragers and uh, they offer this taste to the active foragers and then the group of these foragers fly synchronously out of the nest in some kind of teams, in some kind of groups from three to seven approximately. The communication just takes place in this mode. Very interesting, very yeah. interesting. Um, when you think of your children, if they decided to move miles away from you, a uh, complete country, what would you feel about that? Well, actually, this already happened when our son moved from Novosibirsk to England. He started his education at the University of Reading. So this already happened, and we obviously missed him very much. Ah. But that was just some sort of good luck, and we, we got this contract, and we also moved to England. Ah, so he was the first to go yes. to England, and you, you sort of followed him. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I suppose the answer is you would follow your children wherever they are. <laughs> well, uh, yes, yes, probably yes. yes. Well, that's that's nice. So um, you think of the decision you've made to settle in another country and had the opportunity to make that decision again. Would you have made the same decision? Well, I think yes, because the offer which we got was really interesting when we moved. And that's why we moved to England. 
And probably, yes, yes, I would say yes. Mm, mm, mm. So when you think of the British culture, what are the sort of highlights of what you really absolutely love about it? I am just really fascinated with the attitude of English people to the ancient buildings, ancient landscapes, urban landscapes, and parks and gardens are just marvelous. Mm. I live in the city of Bath nearly 20 years, but I still just fascinated by the local parks and, and gardens and garden centers and all, all those ancient and vintage buildings and, and, and streets. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. You are a very romantic soul from what I've noticed from your YouTube channel, where you share your passion for literature. How did that passion for literature start? It was, uh, to some extent, unexpected for myself. But again, I had some observations and and experience and and thoughts which were practically impossible to publish or to to express in the traditional framework of of science. That's why I thought that uh, all these stories just needed new new forms, and these new forms were just literature. I, I began writing very brief, uh, very short uh, stories and uh, essays. And uh, I published uh, the book, which is called The Reverse Side or Backside in, in Russian. Very recently, um, I made, with the help of Olga, the channel on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, every Thursday, I just upload the, the next short story. I'm just reading because, again, I discovered that all those dots and commas, exclamation and, and question marks are not enough to convey my intonation and my meaning, which I would like to, to express. And I just dis- decided to read myself. And you mainly write in Russian, is that right? All these um, short stories are in Russian because, as you realize, I do not know English. Uh, You know English. You're speaking to me. No, no, because my problem is that I know many synonyms, but I do not know the strength, the shades of all these synonyms. Without knowing all these shades and strength of some word, it is impossible to make a fiction uh, literature. Or, creative uh, writing. Yeah, creative writing, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why, well, actually, I uh, wrote books and scientific papers in English, obviously. But this scientific language is very structured, and I use it for my scientific needs. And both of us, Olga and me, published several books in English. And, by the way, they are also translated in five languages. Uh, other languages, but creative writing is different. It is something else. Would you be able to read us some of your work? Well, that is possible. Сегодня я хочу с вами поговорить о бессмертии. Арсений Тарковский однажды написал: "На свете смерти нет". But it's interesting that you got that privilege that you could write your science in English. And you can write your literature in, in Russian. So that's an amazing place to be. Some people ask me when I translate my stories in English, but I'm not able. So I need somebody, native-speaking translator, interpreter, who, who could make this work. Yeah. So that, that's, uh, that's the problem. Камушек. Надо выбрать не слишком большой, 
чтобы удобно было держать в руке. Но и не маленький, иначе он будет слишком легкий. Лучше всего, если он будет совершенно круглый и плоский, как лепешка. Но важно, чтобы все его кромки think about your future where do you see yourself in the future where will you live in the future currently i'm quite happy with the place where, where we live and i do not need anything to go somewhere else and probably i will stay for many years in the future stay in england yeah yeah so you feel that england is your home well yes yes so when you think of are moving countries to settle and live in another country what would you advise them what is important well i would suggest not to make it blindly and before settling and coming for a long time it's better to come and try to live for maybe several months just a couple of years and try to find the the work which you are happy with in this case you will probably have success but some people just ignore such things they just come and then they suffer from climate or from diet or from misunderstanding or lack of some job and so on but all these things necessary to think over beforehand mm-hmm. that's interesting that's very interesting so go out there first check if it's the right place for you yes. if it's the place you will enjoy to live in and then decide to stay there longer. Oh, yes, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that advice. I think that that's very very interesting. Thank you Nikolai. Thank you very much for your story. Thank you for sharing. I really enjoyed listening to you and your life stories. Thank you very much. Thank you for this opportunity. Our talk was very nice and pleasant. Many thanks. This was Two Worlds one me thank you so much for listening do let me know if you would like to talk about your worlds and share your story the email is hello at twoworlds.oneme.cafe you can also see all the details in the show notes come back next time subscribe so you don't miss an episode and tell